So to Perk Aleph, Mishnah Gimel 1.3. The previous Mishnah had mentioned that one of the three restrictions that apply to a Suffolk Sota, a woman who's been suspected after Kinnig and Stira, is that she may not eat Truma. That's a temporary problem um, until it's resolved by her ultimately drinking the waters and being proven innocent, in which case she could resume eating Truma again. The same restrictions also apply in two other aspects, as we said. While she's as a formal Sota Suffolk, a suspected Sota, she also may not sleep with her husband, and she can never marry the person with whom she's suspected of having an affair. Now, um, those restrictions would be resolved um, if she proves her innocence by drinking the waters, in which case she could resume normal relations with her husband, and she could also eat truma once again. Our mission here says that there are going to be five women who are never going to be able to resolve the issue, and therefore they'll always be forbidden from eating truma. Uh, and similarly, they'll be forbidden forever from sleeping with this, her husband. So here the Mishnah says, Ve'elu asurus betruma, the following five women, there are really five cases of a sota, who um, they will never be able to resolve their situation, meaning they'll never again be allowed to eat truma, regardless of who their husband or father is. They're now prohibited forever because they stay a suspected sota without resolution, or maybe in a confirmed sota. Um, here those five women are, number one, Ha'omeris Tamea Anilach, the woman who confesses. She says to her husband, I'm forbidden to you because I had this affair. This happens after Kinu Yastira, and therefore she's believed um, to be a, an adulterous woman, in which case she can never eat truma again. At that point, she'll be permanently forbidden to her husband, and then, according to the Ramam, he's required to divorce her, lest they have a subsequent relationship otherwise. According to Tosos, there's no strict obligation to divorce her, um, but they can never be together again. Um, so that woman can never eat truma again, again, whether or not her husband is a Cohen or her father is a Cohen. Too bad she can't eat truma ever again because of of this. Uh, like any woman who's adulterous, gets becomes forbidden from eating truma. Now, um, worth noting is that if a woman, in general, says, "You know what? I've had an affair and I'm forbidden to you," she is not believed. That doesn't have halachic weight um, because Chazal were concerned a woman maybe just wants to marry some other guy and therefore she will push the issue by telling her husband I've had an affair, which would. Um, forced him to divorce her so she could marry the other person. Remember, even the case of our Mishnah here, where the woman confesses that she had an affair after Kinu and Sira, the only consequences for her is that she'll lose her ksuba and get divorced. There's no further penalties or punishments because there's no witnesses that saw what she did and she didn't get warning beforehand. So there's no there's no other punishments. So here, a woman who just com- says that she had an affair, she is not believed at all, and the husband can continue to stay married to her and live with her as normal except the case for the woman who had Kinu and Stira before that. The second case of our Mishnah is the Shabo Edim Shehitamea. If witnesses come and testify that they know definitively that she had an affair with someone else, not just the Edim of Stira, that she was secluded with this man, but more than that, she actually slept with him. So then um, that nails it shut. Of course, she now is confirmed an adulteress, and so therefore she can she won't be drinking any may. Marm, she, my marm, she won't drink the soto waters. Um, and even if she did drink the soto waters and they come to testify, um, and she had essentially had been sort of exonerated because she drank the soto waters and her tummy didn't explode, it doesn't matter. If the witnesses come and say uh, that she, they confirm they didn't just see her be, be secluded, but actually they saw them together, so then um, she is forever forbidden to her husband and for, forever forbidden uh, from eating truma, as well as forever marrying the person with whom she was with, the adulterer. The third case is Vahomeris Aini Shosa, a woman who simply refused to participate in the 
drinking of the waters. In other words, we don't force a woman to participate here. The Torah wants to reestablish a relationship between husband and wife, but the woman could say, listen, I maintain my innocence, I did nothing wrong, but you know what? I'm not going through this whole rigmarole. They're going to end up, we'll see as the parrot continues on, it's rather, it's a degrading process. They tear her clothing, they uncover her hair, they embarrass her. So she says, listen, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going through this. And um, that's it. I'm not drinking. So we don't force her to drink. And then being the case, we'll never resolve the issue. And therefore, they can never be together. And also, she can never have truma ever again. Um, so it was really his only course of action would be to divorce her. Again, according to the Rambam, has to divorce her. According to those of us, doesn't have to. But what's the point of keeping around that they, they're not really married anymore, effectively? Um, and they can't sleep together anymore. So that is that is the third case. Um I should point out that while we do not force her to drink the bitter waters, in the event they've gone so far in the process that they've actually erased Hashem's name in the waters, so now it's too late. Now she has to drink. The Bezin will force her to drink it. But anytime prior to that, she can say, I just, I don't want to drink, and she can maintain her innocence. We don't necessarily believe her, but she can maintains her innocence, and she doesn't have to drink. Okay? The fourth case is, Vishabala ain't rotsalashkosa. If her husband doesn't want to put her through the drinking of the water process, so the husband has second thoughts. Again, he may think she's guilty, but he says, "Listen, I just don't want to. I don't want to have her stomach explode on my account, or I don't want her to be degraded like that, or anything that doesn't make a difference." If the husband doesn't want her to drink, we don't force the issue. The husband's required to facilitate the drinking. So if he doesn't want to, so she's not going to be drinking, and therefore she'll forever remain a Suffolk sota, and. Um, that being the case, she'll never resolve her issue of being a Suffolk Soto, so she will never be able to eat truma ever again, and also never be able to sleep with her husband. The fifth and uh, final of the mission here is Vishabala Ba'aleha Baderech. Literally, this means that her husband slept with her along the way. The way that they're referring to is the way between, the way on their way to the Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim, they sleep together. But it's actually not about that at all, per se. What's going on is, once the woman has been confirmed as the Suffolk Soto, because she had the witnesses come and say she had steer after Kinui. So now she's forbidden to her husband. The husband, should he sleep with her at that point, so he's violated an Easter from the Torah. And at that point, um, he is sort of, he has made it that the, the waters are no longer effective. Um, this is based on that from Psukim. If you recall, the very last Psukim of the Parsha talk about how the Nikaha Ish Me'avon, the husband will be totally clear of any sin, She's fully responsible for her sin if she was guilty. So it's learned from here um, that the husband is going to be guilt-free, not just if he ends up precipitating his wife's death by her drinking this water, um, but more than that, the husband has to be sin-free from beginning to end. If, for example, he slept with his wife in the middle here, he's not such a great guy, he's done Israel from the Torah, and that being the case, Hashem is not getting involved to do miracles for him to to re-establish his marriage. And therefore, the Mesotl won't work for him. And therefore, we wouldn't even give her a drink in the first place. Once we discover that he slept with her, so then all bets are off, and they send, we send them home to deal with their own pathetic lives. Um, and that being the case, since she won't be drinking, she'll forever be forbidden more from drinking, from eating truma. Um, and of course, they still can't stay married, so they have to get now get divorced. Okay, those are the five cases. Um, now, the Mishnah continues, but if you look in the Gemara, for example, now we begin a new Mishnah, and now it's like a new topic. Now we're transitioning in the Perik to talk about the procedure of how we go about taking this confirmed woman to ultimately, you know, drink the water.
So the Mishnah says now, it continues, Ketzad Osala, how do we do this? How do we, how does the husband, you know, effect the procedure of getting her to drink the water so that she's, you know, exonerated, proven innocent, and they can resume a normal married life and live happily ever after. So the first thing is, Molicha Levezdin Sheba Osamakom. He brings her to the local Bezdin. There is a bit of a discussion. It's not clear if we need any Bezdin of three, a local Bezdin, or if you need specifically a Bezdin of 23 people, because you need 23 judges, Dianam, and a Bezdin for a capital case. And since this is arguably a capital situation, because down the road we're going to take her to drink the waters and she might end up dying. So there are those who learn that it should be a, a Bezdin that can be involved in capital cases. Others say, no, this Bezin is just um, doing the first step in sending her to the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin certainly is capable of adjudicating capital cases, so therefore it's not necessary. In either case, he brings her to this Bezdin, and he reports in front of them. He says, this is my wife, I performed Kinui, putting her on notice in front of two witnesses, here are the witnesses, the witnesses say, yes, we confirm he did give her that warning. And he says, after that, she was secluded, and there's two witnesses, here are the witnesses, and they say, yes, we're the witnesses, and she was secluded. Okay, the business does the checking and so on. At that point, um, if he says, I don't want to divorce my wife, but I now, so now, therefore, since I can't be with her anymore, I need, I want to have her drink the water so we, she can, so we can confirm what she's insisting, because the wife the whole time is saying, and she's insisting it wasn't her fault, it was against her will, she was taken, nothing happened, you know, so she's insisting innocence. So therefore, he's now demand, he's requesting of the courts um, to facilitate the drinking of the water to, to prove her innocence. So, the Bezdin then will say, okay, and the Bezdin will send them to Yerushalayim, because the actual administration of the bitter waters must be done by the Sanhedrin Agadol, the Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim there, in the temple complex. The reason why it only can be the Sanhedrin is learned out from really a, a Gezerah Shava, the word Torah that appears both in the Parsha regarding the Sota as well as the Parsha regarding the Zakin Mamre, the rebellious elder. Um, both those, there's a there's a Gezerah Shava of Torah Torah, because by the Sota it says V'asallah ha-kohen es kol ha-Torah hazos. And by the Zakin Mamre, the rebellious elder, it says, Alpi HaTorah Asher Yerucha. So, okay, so just as the Zakin Mamre is tried in the Sanhedrin Agadol, so, so too the Sota must be handled over there with Sanhedrin Agadol. So therefore they now send them to Yushalayim. Says the Mishnah, Along, when they're sent to Yushalayim, two Talmud Chachamim are appointed by the local court to accompany them. And what's the point of that? Shema Yavo to make sure that they don't sleep together now between now and when they go to the Sanhedrin Agadol. Um The thought is here that if they would sleep together, then that would essentially make the drinking of the waters um ineffective. And then at that point the drinking of the the drinking of the waters which requires erasing Shem's name would be um for no good reason, which we want to avoid. So therefore the Bezin wants to ensure that um, they don't sleep together to invalidate these waters. Um, and that uh, we sent two of them so we can have proper witnesses who could testify what happened so that we could stop this process which has now started. It's like, now the machine's in effect. You know, the, the, unless someone stops it, she'll be given water to drink. So now these two witnesses can ensure they don't sleep together or otherwise stop stop the administration of the water for her. Um, now, 
Rabbi Yehuda Omer Rabbi Yehuda says there's no need to send two witnesses to babysit them and to make sure they don't misbehave. Yes, there's an Israel from the Torah to sleep together, but like they can be relied upon not to break the Torah. I mean, says Rabbi Yehuda, a woman is oftentimes restricted to her husband when she's a nida, and we don't police that situation. There's no but in their home to, to ensure compliance with that. And need is very severe. The penalty, penalty is caress, divine excision, as opposed to this, which is a generic law of less severe. If we can trust them for neither, we can trust them for this. Um, but the Chum reject that, and the Lach is like them. They say, listen, first of all, maybe your logic is exactly the opposite. Since Nida is such a severe crime, so then people will be more wary of it, whereas this is like a lesser restriction, it's less severe, and therefore um, there's more likely that someone might you know, justify sleeping with his wife um, because it's quote unquote only uh, a, a love. You know, not unlike I think there's a significant portion of the Jewish population who would never eat on Yom Kippur because it's an israkaris for that, but they do eat not kosher, a quote unquote only a love, a generic love um, during the rest of the year. So you see, people are more strict about about uh, karis things, um, and that was and more lenient regarding less non karis things. So therefore, that's the thought of the. Of the Chachamim. Okay? Um, it must have been that that uh, there was a real concern something would happen. And um, some explanations, like, you, there are more going on here. You can see that it, um, you can imagine that the wife is trying to try to reconcile the relationship and maybe putting pressure on him um, to make amends. Um, you can also see in the husband that this might be the last time he can be with his wife before the end, so he wants, he's, you know, says the Yitzharaz gets the better of him. Whatever the case is, the halacha is we in fact do send two Tamanei Chachamim with them to accompany them on their walk or travel to Sanhedrin Agadol in Yerushalayim.